Hello, I'm Dr. Margaret, and welcome once again to Journey into an Unknown World on Web Talk Radio. I've been doing this show for about two years now, and I'm very, very happy that so many people have not only listened to the show, but also recommended it to other people, as well as downloaded the shows from iTunes. Well, as you probably all know by now, I've often taken the normal and twisted it around to make it a little bit unusual, give you a new perspective, or sometimes I'm taking the weird and the strange and turn that into the normal. Well, today what I'd like to talk about is superstition, the old and the new, that is. I'd like you to go back in your mind to when you were a small child Mummy tucked you up in bed and she read you some stories like nursery rhymes. Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall, Humpty Dumpty had a great fall, and all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. Actually, where did that story come from? It goes back to English history, to a time when a king was not able to rule the roost very well and no matter what he did the people were not satisfied so he was removed from the throne and the people cheered because no matter what his soldiers did they beat them off they won the day well let's go into a little story like red riding hood this wee little girl that went off into the forest to try and pick some goodies where she heard about Grandmama who was a long way away who needed some of those goodies but along the way she met the wicked wolf and she didn't know who he was by the way she trusted him and went all the way to Grandma's only to find that the wolf had gobbled up Grandma and he was just waiting there for her one more frightening story that is relative to our history, where once upon a time it was believed that those in command would attack the people who were walking through the forest on their journeys to go from one village to another and who would be robbed and would be in some way denied whatever goods they were carrying, they were taken away from them or even killed. So a lot of these stories that we listen to these days were actually based on some facts. But of course, you're a child. You didn't know all that. And you probably still don't know much about the old grim tales and all these things that people made up. Where did they get those ideas? And if you stop and think, about all of those stories. They all seem to have some wicked witch, um, some Prince Charming, some poor princess in dire need, some magical witch or some beautiful fairy that's coming to save the day. And of course, we as children listen in awe. So my question is, how much of all those stories did you actually believe And how many of those stories do you tell your children today? And of course, the next question after that is, have you embellished it a bit? 
change that story to sound a little nicer? Or have you gone the other way and put a little bit more terror in it to scare the pants off your kiddies for that night, only to find out later that they were laughing at you because they didn't believe you? What is it that makes us believe one story and reject another? Well, I've had that question on my mind for a very long time. And of course, some of you know that I wrote my book, The Rejection Syndrome, because I was trying to explain just how we are conditioned to believe what we want to believe. Let's move into another side of things. We all believe in the tooth fairy when we're very young, and we definitely want that silver coin under our pillow. Well, when I was a child, it was sixpence. That was a six pennies in one piece of silver. Today, that doesn't exist. So when a child expects to get something from the tooth fairy, depending on which country you're in, what do they get? Do they get what we call a 10p in England? Or do they get a franc or 10 francs or some Deutschmarks? What do they get? How does it look? What do they believe? And then this Christmas, all those super toys, every child believes in Santa, Father Christmas, whatever you want to call him, he's the spirit of goodwill who will give every child who's been very, very good some special presents. I know when I was young, I was very excited to receive my Christmas presents and I certainly made sure that all my children enjoyed their Christmas presents. And even later now, I watch my grandchildren enjoy the surprise of Christmas. The idea that Santa came down the chimney, well that was a good one when I was a child because we all had one. But today, with central heating, air conditioning, no fireplace. How does Santa get in? Perhaps your child is beginning to question you about that. Well, these are just a few of the very simple things that we teach our children to believe when they're young. But when they find out that you have pretended for a very long time, playing a game with them about imagination, how much of a child is actually disappointed in you that you have not told them the truth, that you have actually given them something to think about that was non-existent. I've often had this little conversation with my students. Some of them think that it's absolutely wonderful to be lied to and have all this imagination going on about what could possibly turn up under your pillow or at the foot of your bed, while others think that all the fairy stories were frightening and they really didn't like to hear them. I mean, after all, how would you feel tumbling down a hole into the world of Alice? to find that everything is upside down, inside out and back to front? Would it scare you? Would you be insecure and unstable if your life suddenly turned out like that? You know, going further back in time, way back in time, let's say before Christ, before Muhammad, 
way back in time, way back in time, you know, what stories were they telling their children? Were they telling them about this great god, Thor, who came out of the sky with his thunderous wand, waving magic all over the place, killing some people, blessing others? Or were we listening to stories about the beauty of Venus and how she blessed everyone with goods, food and plenty in times of love and harmony? Or were we in darkest Africa where someone was talking about a nature spirit who turns up in the middle of the night with a mask on to say boo-hoo to you because you've been a naughty boy all day and you really need to be scared in order to appreciate the fact that you should be part of the tribe and doing exactly what everyone tells you to do. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it, that since the dawn of time, adults have always found a way to entertain children with fantasy and illusion about the good and the bad. Does it really teach us to know the good and the bad? Or does it simply get us to a point of being superstitious, suspicious, trying to get those words separated there, superstitious and suspicious of anyone or anything that we bump into in the dark or even in the daylight? I know when I was a little child, I used to go along the sidewalk or pavement, jumping on the spaces to make sure that I didn't tread on the lines, because if I trod on the lines between, I might have some bad luck. I remember another time when I dropped my mirror and my sister said to me, oh dear, you're going to have seven years bad luck now, just like the princess who broke the looking mirror. Seven years of bad luck? Did I have seven years of bad luck? Well, it seemed to me at the time I did because there were lots of things that happened in my life that I wouldn't have liked to have happened. However, I survived it. I went on to do all sorts of other things. There was another one I was particularly superstitious about, walking under a ladder. Yes, if there was one in my pathway, I was surely going to go round the outside of it. But do you know what I found out years later? The reason it was unlucky was not because of some phantom something that was going to get me. It was because the person up the ladder might drop a tool and it might land on my head. Interesting, hmm? However, recently I heard of someone who did walk on the outside of the ladder and did have a brick drop on their shoulder and did end up in hospital. They might have well be much safer if they'd have walked underneath the, uh, the um, ladder and the scaffolding that was there. But they were so afraid to walk under there that they left themselves open to the outside. Not everything is as it appears to be, and not everything is suspicious, yet we think it is. Is it because we heard all those stories when we were young? Or is it because we took those stories and turned them into great imagination, stories of fantasy and illusion, made up things to be even worse? I remember when I was a young woman, 
I went to see Jaws and uh, I think I frightened my friend more than I frightened anyone else in the studio because I jumped on her lap when the the uh, sharks first emerged. So who was most scared? Was she most scared of me or scared of the shark? To this day she still laughs about it. But boy was I scared. Why? Because a long time ago when I was small my father told me a story about sharks and how they came along in the water. They sneak up on you when you're not looking and grab you and gobble you up for dinner all because you're in the water and you shouldn't be there. It was my dad's way of telling me, don't go swimming in deep water. But of course, I didn't really think about the deep water. I thought more about the sharks. So even if I was only a foot in, I was still looking out for sharks. What is it that impresses us? Well, I believe it's the emotion, the way the story is told. I like to think of myself as a good storyteller and I often make up stories even today for my grandchildren. But am I doing some good or am I really doing some bad? Is there a moral to the story? Is there something a child can learn? And are they learning in a very happy way or are they learning out of mischief? out of laughter, of I don't care, and really not learning anything about sensitivity. My question to you now as you've been listening is to think about this. Are you a good storyteller? Now, while you're thinking about that, I'd just like to mention that I am giving for this month and next a free 15-minute reading. So if you have some kind of issue and you would like me to give you a mini reading on that issue, I will do it for you for free. Now I'm doing this because I want to help you, the same as I do this radio show, so that I can help thousands of people every week. So if you have a really pressing question, just email me at Dr. Margaret. Uh, RVC, I couldn't think of my own email address here. <laughs> okay, email me at drmargaretrvc at gmail.com. And then when I get that email, I'll write you back what I know, what I see, what I hear, what I feel that will help you understand how to cope with your issue. Now, let me get back to superstition. Having said that to you, that I can give you a mini reading, are you suspicious that what I do is maybe weird and funny? Maybe I'm a witch in your mind or a magic queen? Are you superstitious that if I were to help you out, that something bad might be given to you in the reading that you might in some way be harmed? It's interesting, isn't it, how religion and philosophy has come into all those stories that we had uh, given to us so long ago. You know, I remember being told that the wicked witch of the north was going to come and gobble me up if I didn't act like the good witch of the south. Where did I get that from? Yep, I was watching that yellow brick road. I was thinking how wonderful the movie was that Wizard of Oz, there he was, frightening everybody 
only to find it was a pathetic little old man with a big uh, microphone scaring everyone. Well, it wasn't very kind, was it? That made me think, so is there really a wicked witch of the north? And is there really a good witch of the south? Well, of course, none of us really know because they're all stories. But I'd like to encourage you to make a giant leap in your mind. If ancient people talked about gods who could wave their magic wands and bring goodness, food, harmony and peace to people, or other great gods who could wave their magic wands and bring harm and famine and destruction to people, there must have been a lot of times throughout history where people were wondering just who was telling the truth, who was making up lies, who was living in fantasy, what was real, what was wrong, where are the boundaries, what is right to do. Even today, when people go to the movies, they ask themselves, is this movie good for me to see? Will it excite me? Will it take me beyond the norm? Will it take me into fantasy and illusion? Will it give me an extra hit of excitement so that I can get into a new idea about myself in the way I react to that movie? Well, the answer is yes. We still want to be fascinated by the strange and the unusual, but at the same time, we are still encoded with the memory of all those stories that have made us suspicious and full of superstition. If you'd like to read more of my works, I have many books on Amazon.com and in case you didn't know, some of them are e-books. E in fact, most of them are e-books and I'm currently reworking my book, Journey into an Unknown World, The Way to Oneness. It was originally called The Way to Oneness, but I've renamed it after this show. And when I have got it out, it's going to be a very long ebook. But perhaps if you follow this show, you're going to be interested in what I have to say there. Because there's lots of answers to lots of things that you might have questioned. But let's come back to the new Everyone is into finding a new way to revamp the old ideas. For example, the movies Twilight. I thoroughly enjoyed that. The idea of a vampire being nice and kind and trying to help mankind versus werewolves trying to keep the land and nature as it should be. And in the middle, a human being Wow, what a story, and we all loved it. Romance, harmony, peace, tranquility. Or is it? Because the subtext throughout that story is always controversial. Controversial ideas are the very nature of our being. If we could believe everything that we see, hear, taste, touch, smell, using those five senses, wouldn't life be boring? There wouldn't be a challenge. There wouldn't be an opportunity to stretch yourself beyond the normal. 
you would just be sitting there saying, life is what it is, day in, day out, and you would feel stuck in a rut. So actually, superstition and all those old wives' stories, all those old fairy stories, all those old godlike stories are there for a reason. They're there to stimulate you to think outside the box, to go into dimensions and directions that you wouldn't normally go into. And what better way than to get stimulated than to go to a movie? Admittedly, it's cost millions of dollars to make it so that you can sit there and say, wow, that has just expanded my mind into a whole different dynamic dimension. Okay, I never thought of things like that. I never believed in things like that. So here comes the big question. Are there witches? Well, of course there are. They've always been witches. It's just a word. It's a word that means someone who is able to do something that's unusual. Back in the ancient days, a witch was someone who could mix herbs, do homeopathy, if you like, make poultices, heal people, and everyone thought, wow, you know, I really need a witch or a medicine man or woman at some time to come along and help me get better. So they were often praised until religion came in. Then religion said, there's evil, there's the devil, there's all sorts of monsters, gargoyles, unusual things like dolphins with um, dragon's heads and God knows what else. Well, did they ever exist? We don't know. God knows, as I said earlier. We don't know what existed. We only know what we see today. But how much of that mystery of the ancient times, the stories of Lemuria, how the spirit could shift its form and be a rabbit one minute and a raging tornado the next. Is it possible? Well, the truth is the spirit can transform its energy and can become something else. So if you're in the spirit world and you wanted to look like a rabbit, you certainly could, because somewhere in the oneness, your spirit self knows how to transform your energy into that form. But why would you want to be that form? Unless there's a reason, I'll give you one. Years ago, when I was 11, I got into my new grade school. It was hard. I had to study well. So my father gave me a reward, a teddy bear. <laughs> you can ask yourself, what does a 10-year-old want with a teddy bear? I certainly didn't want one. Well, that night, I got in bed, and all sorts of things were moving in my bedroom. I was very suspicious. I was superstitious. I was steeped in religious consciousness. And I immediately believed that there were many, many, many bad spirits in the room. Years later, when I was able to meditate and go back to that time, I saw that the room was not full of bad spirits, but actually full of spirit guides with lots of their own teddy bears that they were trying to give me just to say to me, well done. So you see, my fear got in the way and I didn't see the beautiful things that spirits could give me. 
Well, we're the same when we're in superstition on earth. We don't understand things, so we try to make sense of it in our imagination. And if our imagination doesn't make two and two add up to four, but rather goes in the opposite direction and makes it 99, then along comes suspicion. And before we know where we are, we are rationalizing, excusing, justifying, whatever it is we're thinking, to validate why we feel so scared. And then, of course, we go through the process of trying to eliminate that fear by pretending it doesn't exist. That's hard, isn't it, to pretend that that fear doesn't exist, especially when you can remember all those childhood stories, all those sayings that you believed so long ago. You see, they were the foundation block upon which you built. And of course, unless we pull them out, you're going to have them there forever. You know, once again, I want to say to you, if you have some problems and you'd like me to help you with a free reading, remember, I'm doing this because I really want to help you. So if you have a really serious problem and you'd like a 15-minute reading free, channeled by me from your spirit guides, I'll do it for you. I'll send it to you as an attachment in an email. But in order to get it, you have to write to me, Dr. Margaret, rvc at gmail.com. And then I'll know you have a question and I'll be able to answer it for you. Just don't make it too complicated a, a question. Otherwise, I'm going to be having to tell you I can't answer it all because 15 minutes soon goes by. Let me get back to superstition between the old and the new. I'd like to modernize it now and say, here we are in a world where financially the world is upside down, people are fighting, the weather is very destructive, we're looking at December and we're saying, did the Mayans tell us the truth? Is it the end of the world? Well, what I have to say to that is, use your imagination. Go back. 5,000 years when they said then it was the end of the world. Go back 15,000 years when it was written again that the end of the world was coming upon us. You know, mankind seems to have the idea that any minute a god, a witch, a gargoyle, some dragon, a monster from out of the blue is going to turn up in some shape or form and destroy us. Well, you could call it a volcano blowing up, some witches behind it doing their magic hocus pocus, or you could say that a tornado that's sweeping across the land was stirred up by the winds of the gods' use, or you could say that the ocean rose up and flooded everywhere because Neptune was angry. Or you can simply say, we are being affected by the planets right now. The tidal wave of energy between all the planets is causing a disruptive energy in our atmosphere. Our sun is flaring, causing vibrations and wobbles throughout all our universe, causing our Earth to wobble. 
And in the process of this happening, we have answers. We know why the weather is as it is. And we know in the, the winter, we will see a shift as our polar energy goes into the cold, that might mean snow, rain, sleet, thunderstorms, who knows what. But the bottom line is, in winter, we sleep. In winter, we process all our superstitions, all our ideas about the old and the new. We put them together and we say, what will be, will be. And I'm sure that in some way, I will survive. And in surviving, we'll come to learn and understand that superstition has caused me more harm than good and that suspicion has caused me to be full of distrust, dishonor, and disassociation from myself, the real me. So my last message to you is to recognize that you're now an adult, that you can look back to all those stories that you were told as a child, to all those beliefs you were believing when you were in the idea of truth and fantasy, and say to yourself, that was then, it's not now. However, in my future, I will take my ability of thinking anything is possible, believing in the power of the oneness and the universe to help me manifest as many things as will be good for me to have, to do all sorts of things that I never imagined I could possibly do. Yes, you still need fantasy. Yes, you still need to believe that you can go outside of the box, that you can meet the challenges of the strange, the unusual, the different, and in the process of doing that, find out what you're made of. Find out how powerful, how strong, how independent, and how vibrant you really are, and that you can paint your future the way you want it to be. You can color it with all the glorious colors that you want to color it with. And in the process of doing that, manifest as much as will suit you day by day. Well, once again, I want to thank you for listening to my show. I do appreciate it when you share the show with your friends. And I do appreciate it when you tell people to tune in live. But before I leave you, I want you to know that no matter what religion you are, no matter what philosophy you have, no matter how much you believe in the ancient times, the future is upon us. And it is important to recognize that you are the center of your own universe and that you are the center of whatever will occur around you. So be strong like your heroes, be powerful like your role models, and get out there and make things happen. Again, I'm Dr. Margaret. You can get hold of me with your question. Dr. Margaret, rvc at gmail.com. 
if you'd like to listen to my free healing meditation. Again, I'd like to remind you that if you'd like to ask me a question, you can write to me, drmargaretrvc at gmail.com. If you'd like to try my free healing meditation, go to drmargaretrvc.com and download it there. And if you'd like to try any of my books as an ebook, simply go to amazon.com or find the link on my website www.sumariscenter.com and order the book there. I know that there are lots of books I've written that a lot of people are giving me feedback about how they've enjoyed them. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear how you enjoy my written words and if you've got any more questions. And here's an update. Very, very soon I will have my school, Sumari Center dot info coming up where you can go online enroll and study your psychic development with me we are currently putting up level one and level two of course there'll be lots more to study as well as many of my therapies and so on but be patient it takes time to do it but please in the meantime go to sumaricenter.com and follow the link to my school, Sumaris Education Center. Info, for now. So be happy, enjoy the show, and share it with as many people as you know need to hear it. Stay well, stay happy. Blessings. <laughs>